This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to the Shakti Hour, a podcast on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network, where I speak with women about their personal experience on the spiritual path. My name is Melanie, and today I'm sharing a conversation with the lovely Vera de Chalambert. I was introduced to Vera's work through our mutual friend, Mirabai Star, and I was turned on to her articles, Kali Takes New York, a sign of the times and Kali takes America, I'm with her. And she has a beautiful, deeply rich and poetic way of sharing her experience in the spiritual, non-dual healing and in her work with the divine feminine. And it was super, super fun to get a chance to talk with her and to hear her take on the emerging feminine uh, in our lives today. I hope that you will enjoy this conversation. And please do go to the Shakti Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com where you'll find uh, links to all of Vera's work and website. And also please go to Patreon slash Shakti Hour. I've started a new Patreon page that has some extra reflections on some of the conversations I've had, some special guided meditations and um, other offerings that you can find there. And also you can subscribe there and become a patron of the show and receive special rewards. And I really want to have the page become a place where we can engage in some deeper uh, conversations um, possibly about some of the issues that are coming up here on on the Shakti Hour. So don't feel that you have to become a patron to enjoy a lot of the free material there and also just to come in and access that and, and join in the conversation around the Shakti Hour and all of the wonderful um insights and wisdoms that have been coming up over the course of this series. Thanks so much. Please remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. And thanks again for listening. So Vera, I really want to kind of kick off with just this beautiful quote that is on your, your website about the nature of consciousness. You say, it is the nature of consciousness to seek wholeness, 
It is our destiny to find it everywhere. How can you uh, reflect on that in, in this moment? Oh, I mean, perhaps that in that is the nature of the feminine. Yeah. You know, that place where we don't have to earn anything. Mm-hmm. Where, where we don't have to earn our place in the circle of life, where we don't have to earn our wisdom, where somehow who, who we truly are is always already here. Mm-hmm. That, that place in us that feels... If only I had another degree. If only I sat with the right spiritual teacher or another spiritual teacher or longer or better or have been more devoted or whatever it is that's the story. The permission of the feminine is to put that story away. Hmm. You always already are what you're searching for. You do not need to earn your right to speak, to share, to teach, to be who you are. Hmm. Your word has always been. And... Um, that place in us that feels I can share my voice if only I were to be recognized. If someone gives me the authority to speak, hmm. right? If someone gives me the, the, the approval, right? Like that's sort of the patriarchy speaking through us. Hmm. And for me, I see the feminine as that aspect of reality that um, that disrupts and, and undercuts that habitual kind of um, that habitual pattern of the ego hmm. that keeps us um, loyal to the false self. Hmm. I like that you use that word permission in yeah. there. That the that the feminine offers a permission to be whole. Yeah. And how has that evolved in, in your life? Like, how have you come to understand oh, it's that? it's still evolving. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much still evolving and, yeah. and very much in this ground, um, in this ground of, but who do you think you are, Vera, to share anything? How mm. dare you speak your truth? Mm. How dare you think? How dare you believe that you have anything to offer? How dare you trust your shaking mm. voice? How dare you you speak from a place of not knowing? Mm. How dare you know anything? Mm. How dare you not know mm. anything? So, so every, for me, um, especially this last year, of my life where I've been called to step up or step in a little bit more publicly um, into the into the collective discourse has been such a year of how the fuck dare you <laughs> hmm. and um, 
that voice of you're not enough, smart enough, uh, ready enough, wise enough, spiritual enough. you are too much. You're too much of a mess. You're too much. You're too chaotic. You're too unstructured. You're too unready for me, where I am both too much and never enough, hmm. have been so profoundly up. Hmm. And, uh, and I don't know a single woman for whom those places are not up in stepping into, or perhaps a single human being, but I'm thinking in terms of women at the moment where the rules have been a bit different for the feminine. Even in the, in the sense of having a space, a place in spiritual discourse, right? I mean, every spiritual tradition that I know of, and, and you know, my background is a scholar of comparative religion, but every religious tradition, um, maybe to the exception of maybe the, I don't know, um, Shakta, you know, um, Kashmir Shaktism, for example, where... Which is Where basically allowed, non-existent at this time, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> right, and it's always pretty perfect, you know, but this place where, oh, you could just, you have, you could have a vision of the, of the goddess, and then by, by simply by uh, receiving, uh, you were, you know, you had the, the authority to speak, because it wasn't a man that would give you the authority to speak, but the, but the, the, the goddess mm. herself, but really, that every religious lineage, every religious tradition has been created for men by mostly celibate men. And so the feminine voices have been almost completely and universally excluded uh, to few exceptions um, who could navigate that, uh, those forms of power and patriarchy uh, successfully enough so that their voices could could emerge but really i don't know that we have models of what of what it's like like when you say you know i wanted to create this shakti power to allow to allow for this feminine discourse for women's voices to emerge in in this uniquely feminine way um what i love about that is that we have no models for it. We are the we are emerging as the models for it. You said it sort of to allow that unknown vulnerable territory for which for which um, we are collectively beginning to create a space. Um, what does it look like? not knowing hmm. and can any truth or wisdom truly ever emerge but from that complete hmm. surrender to the unknown ralph waldo emerson says only to the degree that we are unsettled is there any hope for us hmm. i really love that and we spend our lives trying to get settled and so is that the seeking of wholeness you know not just i'm i'm sticking with this quote because it's so rich but the wholeness is is and then there's the seeking wholeness is the destiny so is that the the seeking through the unknown to return to the wholeness is that the 
I mean, how, how, how do you see that, the seeking and the wholeness, like, relating to one another? Well, I, 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 <laughs> I think that that's, that the, the yes to the known and the yes to the unknown, the yes to the hope and the yes to the hopelessness, all of these aspects that, you know, the, the way we typically function is, um, you know, the spiritual is okay as long as it's bright and shiny and certain and given to us in this transmitted way and as long as it's positive mm -hmm. and as long as we have it together to some degree, right? There's all of this way in which we tend to, in the beginning especially of our spiritual life, function through exclude, exclusion. Exclusion of everything that's inconvenient within us, everything that's quote-unquote unspiritual or not spiritual enough. How do we purify enough to be worthy and holy? How do we um, improve ourselves enough to be ready and whole? But as we mature in our spiritual lives, as we really step into, in, into the deeper relationship with reality, a completely different sort of story or way of being emerges and it's no longer through exclusion but through inclusion mm -hmm. i know and i don't know and both are me and mm -hmm. and welcome mm -hmm. um i am i am wise and i am foolish and i'm not trying to become to perpetually improve myself to attain some level of quote-unquote enlightenment or or uh, purification, the mother, the mother says, everything is my child. Every territory, every psychological, emotional, spiritual territory within you is my child. Mm -hmm. She has no orphans, mm -hmm. right? And we specifically look for those orphaned territories within us so that we can bring them back in. Mm -hmm. so we can... Um, embrace them again into the fullness of, of what we are and who we are. Is there something that you, you know, um, you mentioned a few specific kind of not enoughness ideas. Is there something that you specifically um, are working with in this path of wholeness in this orphaned part of yourself right now that's coming up that you'd be willing to share with us that... Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's very much. I feel like the um, the place where um, the place where like who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are? Mm. Um, that then connects to this place of um, I mean, it, you know, it's like inner authority, right? That it doesn't have to be earned. With, of of this of the knowing which doesn't have to be mm. perfect of um of showing up as this i call myself a holy mess a lot <laughs> right? my, 
what my work in the world, at least in the way it has emerged, has been around the dark feminine. And of course, the, the goddess Kali, who, mm. who is the, the absolute definition mm. of, of um, power and chaos and disruption and destruction and wholeness. Mm-hmm. So all the territories that we cannot tolerate within the feminine, she is uh, angry and she is hungry mm-hmm. and she is dirty and she is messy and she is bloody and she is a woman. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. um, so how, how can I hold all of this muchness that I am, all of this inconvenient, inappropriate, in, in, in uncontainable mm. that it pours out of me that doesn't fit into what I so desperately want to fit into. Mm. How can I hold it all and say, yes, mm. with all of this, um, with all of this holy mess, mm. I have some, I can share my heart, mm. right? Yeah, the, yeah. When you're saying that, it's that it's that the there isn't the whole. I'm feeling this. That that's part of this giving nature of the mother. That there isn't a whole. There is no holding on, right? But there's nothing to hold on to. Correct. And that that, that is the right. entire illusion <laughs> under which yeah. uh, under which we we exist. Right. That somehow we can a hold it all together. B know everything enough to know what it should look like. See that the world has some kind of, you know, uh, actual, uh, actual, you know, um, sort of stru- shape that it should be, <laughs> and we should be. And if we were these mm. things, there, then, then we we would be uh, whole, <laughs> right? Then we would have we th- then we will have arrived. Right. And from that place of having arrived, maybe we might have something to share, right? And that is such a that is such an image, that is such a mythology, which I think keeps us separate from ourselves, keeps us in the state of never arriving, of never being enough, of never truly giving our hearts. And the world needs our heart, you know, yeah. needs us, needs us to share ourselves, you know, not ready, not perfect, not uh, together, hmm. right? And what is it about the feminine that what what is it about the feminine that um, is comfortable in the chaos? Well, nothing is comfortable. That's the point, right? Like there, mm. this this sense we cannot be comfortable. There, there's no comfort in truth. Mm. There's no, you know that idea that we should somehow be safe and secure and comfortable, and that that's the condition under which we will then operate like once i'm safe i'll be able to say something once i'm safe and comfortable and 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 secure in my knowing then Mm. maybe i'll have the authority to whatever Mm. right like everything is an ultimate risk every Mm. single thing Mm. there is no security and the more we we give ourselves to that the more shakti can move move through us in, in its irreverent aliveness that it is that we are and there's no safety in that that's just an illusion you know and and for me actually 
our spiritual life is becoming more and more intimate with that hmm. lack of security and ultimate security actually through becoming intimate with that um, hmm. groundless nature right. of reality. Yeah. It's like I say, the spiritual life is for losers. If you want to win, you're in the wrong business. Right. <laughs> um, right. You know, those polarities, you know, just in, I don't know why this is coming up for me today and, and what you're sharing and this idea of polarities of light and dark, of chaos and stability, safety and risk, masculine, feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, how what are what are the what is the value of that right if you look at the image of the the goddess there's multiple arms there's there's not just a left and right up and down front Mm -hmm. and back situation happening but what is it that um is there a value in in those polarities well uh, i mean whether a value it's 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 part of part of this incarnation, right? Part mm-hmm. of being in these uh, human lives and human bodies is part of being of the world of duality, mm-hmm. and try as we might to to escape it into um, whatever pure lands we hope we will arrive to if we just practice hard enough. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're just awakened enough, we will always, as long as we are incarnated, exist within the world of um, of duality. That's just part of of, of the mm-hmm. deal. In, in this incarnation. Um, and so the value of it is that we get to, we get to live the fullness of, you know, the, the entire spectrum from bliss, right, to loss, and there's no more, more value in one than the other. Mm-hmm. All, of it is the, all of it is the body of the mother, right? Mm-hmm. All of it is... Um, the path, sort of, um, it's like it, we tend to we tend to kind of live. For example, one one polarity that comes to me as we speak is this very commonly cited one: the opposites of love and fear. Right? You can either come from love and fear, and it's, right. it always makes me makes me like, you know, first of all, there is no opposite to to love, but secondly, there's nothing wrong with fear. I mean. It, it, to such a degree that I have a little statue of her. <laughs> I mean, she is meant to evoke hmm. the terror in your system. There's something about fear, right? The limbic system is it's so powerful. Hmm. It's so powerful that we want to use that Shakti to awaken. Hmm. We we want to use everything, in fact. And the terror, when you're saying that, I had this dream just the other night about about this um, beautiful o- ocean. I was running on a beach next to this ocean that was more beautiful than any ocean I've ever been to in, around the world. It was this, the most beautiful thing. And I was running along the beach in this dream, and I was joyful and free, and I it started to dawn on me that I was terrified of the ocean. I was looking at this beauty and this giant waves and this incredible technicolor 
And to what you're saying, I should be. It is ter- it is terrifying from an egoic, you know, perspective to merge with that amazing beauty that that Shakti that ultimately has no regard for me per se. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm a part of it to become a part of that. And so in that that fear is that fear does inform I mean me. it is the love. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also the death. I mean, yeah. just to say the value of this, it's like, it's, it's absolute, absolute annihilation of everything yeah. that you want to hold on to. I mean, yeah. uh, right. What, what is the function of awakening? It's to, to annihilate everything that's not real. Right. So how appropriate the fear of death, the radical, fear that you must encounter and move through. Mm. It's like, you know, uh, our favorite, my, one of my favorite beings is, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's mutual, is Mirabai mm-hmm. Star, you know, who, who's, I feel like she's this living, living prophet of the world's soul that we <laughs> to co- cohabitate with at the same time. And her work on, um, you know, has influenced me so profoundly on the dark night of the soul and on this, on the really feminine emergence um, in the world. And what I really love um, so much, and for me, so John, um, St. John of the Cross, right, who, who she translated and who she really, for me, came brought to life in such a profound way, spoke about um, God in the beginning of our spiritual life, um, you know, breastfeeding us. You know, this sweet mother God who is giving us her sweet milk and we're just these infants and we're, you know, suckling her. And then something happens and what happens is the beginning of the process of spiritual maturation. Mm. And the dark night of the soul, Mm. when we, when everything we know begins to be stripped of us and we're kind of sent into the desert, into this darkness that completely, um, you know, annihilates mm-hmm. um, the ego. So it is the process of growing us, of spiritually maturing us. Mm-hmm. It's not the faint of heart, and it's inescapable. But what I really love, and I, and this is where my work kind of, uh, uh, I feel like, comes in, or intuitively, I somehow. Uh, reframed it, you know, it's like at first God is this benevolent uh, mm. mother, right? That that is that that is what pulls us into the spiritual life. That sweetness, Mother Mary, the illuminated one, right? The one that we all want the milk. We want to taste the milk. We taste the milk, and then it's the weaning process, and then she begins to bear weapons. Then she's no longer that like loving, soft <laughs> mother. God pulls out her weapons, you know, and begins to, to, to cut off, then cuts off our head. Like this fearsome aspect of reality, we get, begin to experience God. And so for me, that really is so much Kali, right? yeah. like part of reality that is woven into reality, which itself, reality itself begins to burn you up begins, you know, to wean you off that sweet, oh, infantile spirituality, Mm. right? And cook you 
in her fire of transformation. Right, Mirabai explains it so well with, at first there is this process of emptying us out, right? Something has to, God has to strip us down and burn us up and empty us out so that we can begin to be an, a vessel, an instrument, an instrument of the divine will, right? So this has to happen where you can finally say, not my will, but your will, mm. right? Burn up everything that there is mm. in me. I no longer want it. Take it, mother. Take it. Burn me up, right? And then as we become, as we, we get carved out by the divine, mm. right? Then we, then God begins to pour light into us, mm. except to our consciousness, to our psyche, that still has the old eyes, that light looks like darkness. It's too much light. And, and so we see it as darkness. Hmm. And that darkness, being in that darkness, is what continues to prepare the soul to be able to, to receive the light, to be transfigured by the light, to be given new eyes. Right? So first, hmm. it's be filled up. By, by divine will, by divine light, by divine hmm. quality. And then from that place, hmm. right, there's this, this, this purification that happens, and then union might arise finally, so that we can begin to be one, completely one with the mother, one with, with God, one with the beloved in that you know, holy night of encounter, um, right, so that union might emerge and so it's like oh that's not the story we get in kindergarten of what the spiritual life and i mean you know spiritual kindergarten of what the spiritual life looks like right you know we get the story of if you meditate hard enough you're gonna get better you're gonna get more perfect and things will start getting better in life mm. and you know you'll get um there's this idea you will go from bliss to bliss to bliss, from improvement to improvement, you know, that we do these things so that... But part of bliss is, I mean, I think that that's the, that also is a misconception and, and part of that, part of that dream with the, with the ocean, with the beauty, is that bliss itself is destructive. <laughs> bliss annihilates the, the bliss consumes. And and uh, and so the resistance to con to being consumed, yeah, can come you know, it, in and, either and one also, of these packages that that we look at. And I know I, I just want to draw attention to somehow. What's that? That that resist that that resistance is a natural, be appropriate mm -hmm. because that's the function of the ego to resist annihilation. Mm -hmm. So when we resist to have such compassion for ourselves, mm. right? That place in us that says, no, you shouldn't even resist. How dare you resist, right? You shouldn't. That's not what spirit surrender looks like. Whatever that place is that then demands that we, um, you know, that we look in some particular way that we can let that go. Um, the, the function that reality will do to us what is most appropriate, that ultimately, no matter how hard we try, the ego can't will, win. That there's something woven into life itself that will do to us what God needs done hmm. and that we can trust it. Hmm. 
So, so I want to bring up your your article, your your two articles about Kali. There was one that was before the election, and then there was one that came out after. And mm-hmm. and uh, you can find that people that are listening, there'll be links to that on on the Shakti Hour page, so you can to read those and get caught up. But what you're talking about this now, and and like you said, you've been kind of called into public eye to around this to to help people see potentially the change in, that's going on in America through these eyes. Can you speak a little bit kind of directly about, <laughs> about how you see that evolving now? It's been a year. It's been a little over a year that, that, that that's been out there for you and, and that we've been living it. Yeah. Interesting. You know, so what I, what I, what I would want to say about that is that, uh, you know, what I, felt into, and I think we all somehow collectively recognized, is that there is an archetype that's emergent in the world right now. It emerged for me very evidently with with, uh, the election. When I said Kali takes America, a lot of people interpreted it to be that somehow Donald Trump is the embodiment of Kali. (laughs) That's not what I I wanted to say, but... I did but not. I, I did not. <laughs> so what, what I wanted, what I what I uh, felt, com- what what made the connection for me is how shocking it was. Hmm. Like what a shock it was that suddenly uh, Donald Trump was president of the United States. Uh, what what uh, what? How shaken up we all felt by that. What a stripping of illusion of America happened to some degree, right? Um, that what emerged we needed to see that somehow the illusions that needed to be um, shattered got shattered in, in just so. And that's happening with, with our recognition around climate change, which, which is no longer, um, you know, deniable in any way. Right. There is a, a way in which it's happening holographically in so many aspects mm-hmm. of our lives. I mean, from the fires that people have been experiencing in California to these, you know, uh, historic uh, hurricanes to mm-hmm. the ways in which um, it is becoming collectively evident that we cannot hide from 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 what's actually happening. Right. That is no safety, there's no um, security, and that that is happening simultaneously from my perspective on the outside as the planet is awakening. But so you could see it for me, it's almost like the, the, this Kali Yuga is part of the awakening of the Shakti of the planet, and it's mm. shaking shit up. <laughs> yeah, when our Kundalini begins to awaken, when, when we cannot. Um, you know, and what, what part of what happens is this shake. Reality isn't what we thought it was. It isn't these conditions on the outside. It's something that is, that is, you know, a universe on the inside. The, the, our assemblage point, our perception shifts completely. What right. we thought we were lies in the, in the, in the ashes of the old self. Right. Yeah, I was just so- I was just talking uh, last night. I had a, some people for a little uh, meditation, and I was talking about our senses and how we just accept 
We're like, oh yeah, I have five senses. I've got sight, hearing, you know, I can hear all these different, smell, t- you know, touch, taste. We accept the complexity and richness and as if. And then uh, to turn in to see the that same richness and complexity and sensitivity on the inside, then the mind becomes skeptical. Mm-hmm. But this, but this, uh, this revealing, mm-hmm. this turning in inside of itself, this awa- awakening, in, this in awakening, some way or, yeah, in awakening, right? In awakening, like I like that. Yeah, it's not my term. I heard, I read it somewhere. Oh. I, I wish I could attribute it. I still like um, it. <laughs> in awakening, you know, it's, it's part of what I, as this the feminine emerges awakens in the planet it's not something that's external or happening somewhere out there nor is it a return to some kind of you know goddess ways it is an emergent quality of reality and it's happening through us through our bodies through our wisdom through our voices through our perception and part of what it is is like a um a re exactly as you said sort of like how do we begin to be loyal to what we know, what we know beyond our five senses, to what we know with our hearts, to what we know with our feminine wisdom, with like the set of beliefs that we inherited from the outside. And I, I really love, I really just want to point this out because I really love how you said that it's emerging, it's emergent, that it is not a return to some time pre-existing pre-existing thing thing or some toppling of one thing for another thing and that that's really the difficulty um of that we are holding we are it you know it's like meister eckhart um Mm. my friend uh adam bacco says uses this quote he says you know the what good is it that that Mother Mary gave birth to Christ 2,000 years ago. We are all each called to become the mothers of God because God is always needing to be born. And so really the call collectively today in every age, but I feel today more palpably so than ever, is that God is birthing through us, we are each, right, mm. becoming the mother of this, of what needs to be born through us. It's like we're self-birthing. And what does that look like? It's messy and it's ugly and and it's it's painful and the contraction comes and you feel like every every one of them is going to kill you. You know, 30 <laughs> hours before I can tell you. is <laughs> this way in which the birthing process isn't this beautiful idealized thing it's horrid Hmm. it's complete annihilation Hmm. and we are moving through this collectively in the most profound or beginning to move through it collectively in the most profound of spiritual ways Hmm. and so that requires our own stepping into that kind of um motherhood of god individually in our each in our own lives to Mm. keep saying yes god use me do through me what in me 
whatever it is that you need to do in me. You need to burn me up, burn me up so that you can use me, so that you can birth mm. through me. And then collectively, as our old ideas and structures, so as our own no longer serve us, no longer carry us, something new begins to emerge. Right. Right? And it again, it's like that mystery of, of birthing. Like, we can't know what it looks like. We don't know the face of our own child. It's like we have to, to, to go to the place where we're certain we're going to die. Do you know who Marion Woodman is? No, I don't know her. She's an incredible, um, she's still alive, and she's sort of an elder of, of um, I don't know, of the world soul. She's a union psychoanalyst, and mm -hmm. she writes a lot and specifically about the feminine. Um, and she says, right, that in the ancient, that we, we live in a culture with no rituals anymore, with no initiation. Mm. So in the ancient times, when a person would come to maturity, would come to a certain level in their um, maturation process, and we still see it in like the Jewish tradition with the bar of bat mitzvah, right? Let's say it's age of adolescence. Um, there is a necessary initiation that every member of society moves through, and it usually looks like this: you're taken in the middle of the night uh, from your cozy bed, and you're taken somewhere by your elders. Sometimes in the night, in the dark wood, and maybe thrown into a dark pit. Okay. Where... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You. You must rely on your own, A, deep inner knowing, B, deep inner resources. C, you do not know and cannot know if you will make it through. That you cannot be certain that you would survive mm. this ordeal. Mm. And that as you do, as you use everything within you, as your sight adjusts to darkness and you mm. begin to see in the night, as your inner resources emerge, the kinds you never knew you had that emerged from complete unknowing, mm. as you emerge from that initiation, you become an adult. You become mm. a worthy mm. and sure member of your tribe. Mm. And so in the absence of the rites of passage, in the absence of such initiation, um, something that must happen spiritually, and spiritually, of course, that initiation is the dark night of the soul, right? Reality initiates us, whether mm. we'd like it or not. And that part of what, you know, some people say, like, part of what's emer emerging is a collective initiation. We are now in a global dark night of the soul. Hmm. where we do not know if we will, we have been thrown into a dark pit, and we do not know if we will make it. Hmm. And that is necessary, and that is good, and that is part of our maturation hmm. and initiation into hmm. a kind of collective spiritual maturity. And... Um, Did you, do you see yourself as like a spiritual doula? I'm getting this image of you as like a... a <sighs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that image. Well, I don't see myself as any more of a spiritual doula than you. Yeah. I think that what's happening is that we're each, we are each called to the end to have each other birth. We're each 
the doula now, right? We are, are we are being called mm. to do this work for each other mm. and for ourselves. Mm. And so maybe that's also part of what is so specifically feminine in us, in both men and women, I want to say. So this isn't a conversation among women for women. This is that feminine aspect within both men and women that this being that is emerging and emergent and naturally pouring forth from us mm. um, where that is naturally occurring mm. right this kind of uh, this kind of a doulership if you wish <laughs> yeah for each other how can we be that for each other yeah, you know, and a, a doula being not the midwife, but the doula, ah! right? <laughs> the midwife being really specific, right? Thank you for being specific. That's rare. Yeah. Because the, there's something about the doula that has an endurance to it. Mm, and yes. this this, lo this being there sustaining, you know, sustaining and supporting mm. in partnership throughout. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so now here, here we are, we're at the start of a, a new year and, mm. and we, we spoke a little bit kind of before we officially started about a bit of the chaos and rewiring and realignments that happened over the last little while and now here we are coming like to start this new year and what do you see as the the next steps emerging in this birthing process yeah well First, I, I, I truthfully don't know. What I find so exciting about this is that I think more and more of us are willing not to know, are willing to, to touch or to surrender to the mystery that can work even more potently through us if we say yes to it. Mm. So that, that, we are, that we dare not knowing. Um, and... Oh. And how does that show up in the day to day? Like, I feel, I really feel what you're saying. Yeah. How does that manifest in the day to day? I've got to go to work, got to get my kids to school. I've like, well, so, so that's a, a, a really, really important question. So part of it is developing that inner listening, which begins to create to build the discernment between the world of you know the the, the world of habit the world that we inha inhabit mm -hmm. um, the world in which we survive and must and that's part of our holy sacred work this ordinary world is the sacred mm -hmm. right this is our spiritual life no less than anything else we might consider spiritual and at the same time, how do we listen so intimately to our deep knowingness, which emerges, I think, from that place of the not knowing, mm -hmm. which begins to sort of rewire us 
to expand our perception, perceptual framework from that which only gave us authority and instruction and definition from the outside to that, that uh, place, you know, that with, within us mm -hmm. that knows what it knows, that intuitive understanding, that feminine knowing. And again, feminine for men and for women, hmm. that feminine wisdom within us that knows what it knows. How do we listen and work from that place? Hmm. As opposed to always, um, always asking or always allowing those that kind of voice, which I, I tend to call the patriarchy, you know, and I know that people have reactions to that because then it's like, again, the opposites. But with the patriarchy within us, we'll say, oh, that's not, oh, that's not important. Oh, you know, you're not worthy yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's, you're, you know, you don't look the way that you should look. Oh. Whatever it is, that voice of, that voice um, of the false self, Right. Mm. That voice which demands that you are more that you are, that you should look in a certain way, that what you know is most mm. significant is not at all significant because, well, it, it has no use. It has no use in the, mm. right, the quote unquote false paradigms of, of, um, The world that we navigate you know how do we trust what we know within us mm -hmm. right and so for me day in to the day, day to day how do i show right. up day to day. at the door of the school from this place yes. of inner so knowing the school's still there the time is still eight fifteen. You know, <laughs> these things are all still these things, but how am I witnessing that or experiencing that from that place? The useless, <laughs> the place of no use. Yeah, that's beautiful. Or, you know, yeah. the place of, of, no, of no use and ultimate importance. Yeah, that's because what's so nice really about it. Yeah. From this place, you mm. know, like whether it's, those aspects of our relationships that are transactional, like, hmm. you know, but, but what is, what is essential hmm. is, is usually, I mean, you know, the little, in the little prince, what is essential is invisible to the eye, but there's something more to that, right? Like, it's like part of what we are growing into, part of what we're learning to discern hmm. is how to turn so completely towards reality, right? How to be so intimate yeah. with reality that everything we do and are in the ordinary life emerges from that place. Hmm. Yeah. To being, being present. Yeah. Yeah. And in that presence is the courage to continue to be present. <laughs> to, yeah, and to continue saying yes, yeah. and not being ready and saying yes anyway. Yeah, 
right? And not being perfect and saying yes anyway, and not knowing what's coming next and saying yes anyway, not knowing, you know, what reality will do to us, but knowing that in saying yes to that, you know, and for me, it literally looks like, mother, take me, do in me whatever you must do so that I can be your instrument. Right, like, and and living from that place of surrender and devotion hmm. to truth, hmm. um, you know that that's sort of the place that I'm in myself. Hmm. Keep reorienting, to keep reorienting towards, and um, returning to perhaps. And so, from that place, what would you offer as your piece of advice specifically and to women and girls who you know are on the spiritual path but by choice or by desire mm-hmm. wanting wanting to to move in this direction yes that we're never we're never ready we cannot mm-hmm. be ready and uh, even though we might, might never be ready to say yes anyway, to share your wisdom and what you know anyway, to take the risk of, of being seen in our muchness and too muchness and imperfection, those old models of patriarchal perfection, you know, those are no longer in service to our time and to our world. What the world needs us is us. What the world needs now is us in these, in these, you know, imperfect human lives, in our, you know, hot mess human selves. The world needs us. And, um, in wholeness, know, we, we, in wholeness, yeah. And in brokenness, right? Do you know, like that, that the whole that's part of that, yeah. Includes yeah. the brokenness that yeah. we are, and that we need to to share all of it with each other, mm. right? So that more and more of mm. of us is welcome here in this world, so that less and less is orphaned within us in this world, so that we can be a mirror for each other, mm. and. Um, yeah, so that we can be a mirror and a healing balm for each other. And part of the way in which that happens is through um, through these this kind of self-disclosure and the disclosure of the self that's not perfect hmm. and doesn't need to be. That what we are is of ultimate value. Hmm. Not one day, not when we have it all together. Not when some, you know, man tells us we now are, have the authority to speak, but from that deep, unconditional, vast, feminine knowing that we are. Well, it's such a delight to, to sit and, and hear the, the poetry of your expression of your own understanding of uh, spiritual evolution. And it, it doesn't escape me that it is rooted in tapas. 
in a in yeah. in, in, a, in a, a you know Harvard Divinity School is not a joke, and this rich dis- deep depth that has gone into your capacity to express and share from this place for us it is is well received mm-hmm. and it and I have gratitude and and love and appreciation for your willingness to to offer that out to all of us and to take us there uh, with you I'm so grateful for for this invitation for this incredible space that you're creating in the collective for women to to bring our our feminine knowing for us to show up with all of it, all of it, that there's space for everything that we are and that you're creating um, this conversation. I think it's just like such a profound contribution and perhaps what is most needed mm. in life and in this world right now. So thank you for showing up mm. and for building this, this sacred vessel that can hold all, all of us and so much of what's emerging in our time. Thank you for being a part of it. And please, everyone, do uh, go to the Shakti Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com. Find links uh, to Vera's websites, offerings, uh, healing services, writings, workshops, and um, more and more of what she has to share with us. And uh, thank you so much, Vera, for your time. Thank you. Somebody. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.